to be impactful, to do those things, you do have to be a little bit gangster. You have to do things that other people don't necessarily understand. You have to say yes to things that don't necessarily align with most people's values, most people's goals in life, right? But what most people are doing out in the world is not working, right? What most mm-hmm. people are doing out in the world, they're sad, they're depressed, their marriages aren't thriving, their families aren't thriving. They're not happy. And so, yeah, to to do the things that God wants us to do, it's going to look a little bit gangster. And that's what I would say. I'm a gangster for Jesus. That's how I feel. I love it. <laughs> A dream can be anything, whether yours is to start a business, be in a healthy relationship, pursue your dream career, or to get right spiritually. Every week, the Dream Check podcast brings you tips, tricks, and real life insight from people who are living their dreams to the fullest. I'm Nicole Ivanoff, an established international wedding photographer and wife. Like you, I have so many dreams, some of which I've lived out and others I'm still pursuing daily. I'm a girl from suburban Detroit who's made her way out to LA, and although I'm no guru, I have a heart to show you that if I or anyone who comes on this podcast can do it, so can you. Welcome to the show. Time to check in. What's up, friends? Welcome back to the Dream Check Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Ivanoff. As usual, if you are new to the show, welcome. I'm so happy that you're here. And I have to let you know that you picked the perfect episode to stop on by because today's episode, we have none other than my very dear friend, Ivy Carnegie on the show. I only have amazing, incredible things to say about this human being. Ivy and I met back in 2016 before I was even a believer, before I even knew God. I was out in Los Angeles doing a photo shoot before I even lived here, actually. And she just happened to be at the shoot. She wasn't even supposed to be there. And she kind of tagged along. And we have been lifelong friends ever since. And when I started this podcast, I did a little question box on my Instagram and asked for people to give me suggestions of what topics they want to hear or who they want to hear on the show. And someone had said they wanted to hear from someone who was a big part of my faith journey in the beginning. And Ivy was such a pillar in my faith journey before I even knew God, how she spoke of him so gently to me with no judgment. It's just such a story that I'm so excited for you guys to hear. We talk about it on the show today. But Ivy Carnegie, I'll give a little background of her. Ivy is a wife to an amazing husband. She is an amazing mother to two beautiful little girls. She is a stay-at-home boss, mom, wife, babe, all the things. She is absolutely just crushing it, getting to do her dream job and also stay at home and love on her kids and be a good wife. And so I'm so inspired by her constantly. I looked up to her when I was single, and now I look up to her so much as a wife. And if you are a wife, I'm telling you, this episode is for you. It is so powerful. I'm literally getting emotional sitting in my closet recording this intro, even saying this, because she just oozes Jesus and oozes truth and oozes joy. And I can't think about her without getting emotional because of how much she re- reminds me of Jesus and the Word of God. And 
just her story is so powerful. We both cried on the episode and it's so powerful. And if you're not a wife, this episode is still for you because if you have dreams or hopes of being a wife one day, you'll want to hear this. And um, we talk about all things about being a wife and she also touches on some motherhood things. But we really dive into what that role of being a wife looks like, how we can respect our husbands, how we can pursue our husbands, what submission looks like, and what does that mean? Because I feel like that's so misconstrued in the world. And then she kind of talks about her story of you're a wife before you're a mom and her personal very touching story with that. And then just how to be the spouse that you wish to have first and so many other I don't want to give too much away so many other amazing topics I'm so excited for you guys to hear this one I can't wait to listen again let's welcome Ivy Carnegie to the show Good morning. Good morning. I'm so excited to see you. Well, how are you? We're so good. We're just, you know, I'm in the thick of motherhood for yes. those of you that um, um, follow me. And it's just so good. It is wild and chaotic, but beautiful and unmatched. You know, it's unlike mm. anything else I've ever done. And just an experience that. I hope everyone gets to have that wants it. Mm -hmm. And I just, I love it. I'm so grateful to be here. Well, I'm so grateful you're here. And we're going to dive into motherhood later in the conversation. But first, we'll start with the first question I ask every guest, which is, what is a dream on your heart right now? It can be anything. To be honest, I was looking at this question that you sent, and I would say to help as many women as I can. (laughs) be home with their babies you know things are expensive right now and it's hard for women and families in general to live on one income it's hard no matter where you live and that's my goal is to help other women be home with their babies if that's what they want to do so maybe it's you know figuring out a work from home job maybe it's figuring out how to monetize their blog maybe it's figuring out how to you know seek god most importantly at what he has for their family Mm -hmm. and that would be my biggest dream right now. That's so beautiful. And what is your personal experience with transitioning um, and being able to work from home full time? I mean, I've always worked for myself and I shouldn't say always, but I would say at least the last seven, eight years, maybe nine now, I've worked for myself. I've, I've been mm-hmm. some kind of, of entrepreneur and I don't even necessarily like that word, but it's just kind of where, where I landed. And I think it's beautiful. And I think as moms, it's so important to still do the things that you love and show your kids. Mm-hmm. You know, God has given us each talents um, that we are then to explore and uh, succeed in those. And I think being a mom does not stop you from doing those. And it should not stop you from doing those. And I love being able to do that and make an income, right? Flourish financially while being at home with my kids. And I just... I love it. It's It gives me, you don't have much time, so it makes you even mm-hmm. that much more productive, and I kind of like it. I kind of like the challenge. Aw, it's so beautiful. I can't stop smiling looking at you. You're such an elegant speaker, and your words carry, you're just, you're such a great speaker. You're already impacting me. We're like two minutes in. Love you kind of shared a, I love you. We kind of shared a little bit, or you kind of shared a little bit, but who is Ivy? Like, give us a little brief background of who you are. Gosh. Right now in this season of life, I feel like I'm just this 
hope to be every day this shell of a vessel for God to use, right? And I, I use the word gangster a lot because that's kind of how I feel. I feel a little bit wild. Like I love I it. I feel like <laughs> I am just like, okay, God, like, what do you want? And it, it, it looks wild sometimes, right? And, and to be impactful, to do those things, you do have to be a little bit gangster. You have to do things that other people don't necessarily understand. You have to say yes to things that don't necessarily um, align with most people's values, most people's goals in life, right? But what most people are doing out in the world is not working, right? What most mm-hmm. people are doing out in the world, they're sad, they're depressed, their marriages aren't thriving, their families aren't thriving. They're not happy. And so, yeah, to to do the things that God wants us to do, it's going to look a little bit gangster. And that's what I would say. I'm a gangster for Jesus. That's how I feel. I love it. <laughs> That's my biggest goal every day is just be a gangster for Jesus. Like do the wild things that he's telling me to do that no one else understands. So, you know, when I had the dream uh, in starting this podcast, you were obviously like first on the list. I'm like, Ivy has to be on the show. And I had written in like topics or people that who do the listeners want to see on the show? And someone had had written in that they would like to see someone come on who was a pillar in my faith journey. And you instantly came to my mind. And I share this story on probably every other episode and just how you and I met on a job. You were the model. I was a photographer. I, you weren't even supposed to be at that job. Like you. No. Just, I remember walking into the room and I was like, oh my gosh, you know, this is like my first shoot in California. I wasn't even living here yet. And I walk into the room and I just see this beautiful woman standing in there. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, are you modeling today too? And you were like, yeah, and I'm helping style. And and it just turned into like this lifelong friendship. And I just love how God works. But at that time, I wasn't a believer. I didn't know Jesus, didn't have a relationship with him at all. And you so gently and kindly always spoke about Jesus in, in rooms where you you didn't know whether I knew Jesus or not. And I remember driving home from a job one day with you and I was telling you, I was kind of just going on and on about this like very toxic relationship I was in. And your response was just in the most kind, gentle voice. Oh friend, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. And you just always said that to me and I never knew what it meant. But what I love about you and how it's such a good example of how we can love people where they're at without judgment, you spoke to me in a way that you didn't have to say anything else. You knew that at some point I would understand it and it would make sense. And that has been such like a part of my testimony. And when it finally clicked for me, like everything made sense. And, and now it's something I'm so passionate about speaking to other women about. And so I just kind of wanted you to share on, on kind of your, I guess, your mindset or your train of thought when you're in a car with me and I'm sharing this like very toxic situation and your response to that was he who finds a wife finds a good thing. Like, how do you go about sharing Jesus with people who are non-believers, especially when they're your friends? So I was, I was thinking about this, that drive. And I remember exactly where we were. Like, I almost remember exactly where the car was, like on the freeway between Mm -hmm. San Diego and LA. And like, I I just just got goosebumps. Yeah. I just remember right exactly where we were. And it was like this, this out of body experience, right? This gangster moment, if you will, that was like so much bigger than me, right? It had nothing to do with, with me. It was just like the Holy Spirit on my heart about it. And do you know when you find something at a thrift store 
and you're like, what? Why is this here? Who would just leave this here? Who would just, mm-hmm. who would just drop this off? Like th- this is this brand or that brand or this is a beautiful dress or whatever, right? And that's how I looked at you in that moment. Like, wait a second. How can this beautiful, talented girl who God loves so much not see herself as this valuable, worthy wife who deserves to be loved, who deserves to be cherished, who deserves to be listened to. I mean, even at this moment, this this gentleman in this toxic relationship that you're in, he like wasn't even responding to you on a regular basis. He wasn't even like responding to your messages at the time. And I just remember mm-hmm. being like, why is she even, you know, entertaining this kind of behavior? Like I look mm-hmm. at you as this, you know, I, I felt like in that moment, like God gave me this lens to see you the way that God saw you. And it was like loved to be cherished, to be honored, to be respected, to be favored. And I think it's so important as believers to love people exactly where they are. And this kind of goes into marriage too. You know, it is not our job to judge people. And and I think there's a lot of that happening um, within religion. Mm -hmm. And our job is to love God and love people. And, you know, me judging you or condemning you, I'm not perfect. A sin is a sin is a sin is a sin. Like I have my own stuff that I work through, right? And so just because you were struggling with seeing yourself the way that God saw you doesn't mean that I'm I'm better than you or anyone else is better than you. It's like, how can I help Nicole see herself the way that God sees her and see herself to be worthy of a man who loves her and treats her the way that God intended her to be treated? And God has someone for every single one of us. I really, truly believe that. But if we are not acting the way that we are supposed to for that that partner, right? If we are not in line with God's obedience, why would He bless us and bring us that person? The mm-hmm. right thing at the wrong time is the wrong thing. Had you met Nico in that season of your life, you were acting like a wife then. You know, and, and Nico may have looked at you completely different. Your relationship may have evolved completely different from that, from that standpoint. And... Mm-hmm. It's just such a beautiful thing to watch you grow and watch your relationship flourish and and to see Nico come into your life and just, it's exactly the way God intended it to be. And I just, I love it so much. It just warms my heart and I love watching you guys. There were so many frogs before the prince. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. But (sighs) it's so true because I remember later on when I'm still trying to figure out like, what does he who finds a wife finds a good thing mean? And, you know, you had said to me like, does a wife go out and get blackout drunk at the club with no clothes on? She doesn't. A wife, a, a, a wife wouldn't do that. And so in order for a man to find you, you must already be behaving like a wife. And once I started studying like a Proverbs 31 woman, like what does a wife look like? What does God say a woman of God should behave? And once I started implementing that and studying that, and like you said, starting to see myself the way God saw me, I started to attract the type of man that God would want for me. And they weren't all perfect, but I I, I went from really unhealthy dating patterns to loving myself to now I'm not accepting that type of behavior because I love myself too much to put up with that. And so what advice would you give maybe someone listening who is in a relationship that is super unhealthy, there's no respect, there's a lot of confusion, maybe they've just been talking for a long time with no clarity on the relationship and they're just stuck in a confused state, like what would you say to that girl? Run. (laughs) 
No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but um, really. <laughs> for real. Um, there's a couple of things. One is that, you know, like we were saying, he who finds a wife, I want you to, to if you are in a relationship and is not healthy and you're confused and you don't know where to go, I want you to first obviously seek the Holy Spirit and ask God to speak to you. He will. He will absolutely speak to you. But secondly, I want you to picture a healthy uh, relationship that's in your life. So maybe, you know, I don't know, maybe it's a, a, an old teacher that you knew from church and her husband. Maybe it's a, it's a cousin who's married that they have a healthy relationship. Picture this person. Would this wife in this relationship be doing the things that you are currently doing? Mm. Right. With this, like you're saying, would this wife be out you know, late at night drinking, you know, with all these people that maybe she doesn't know that well, would, would this wife be entertaining relationships? And I'm talking male and female that aren't necessarily healthy for her marriage. No, she wouldn't. She would likely be, you know, with family around like-minded other Christian women, Mm -hmm. um, around people that are going to build up her relationship, not people that are going to be toxic for her. And those are the things you really have to ask yourself is, are you being a wife? Think about me right now, you guys. Would I ever get into a car with a gentleman that I didn't know very well and just go somewhere? No, I wouldn't. And those are the things I see a lot of women right now doing. Don't put yourself or your future relationship in a compromised situation, no matter what. He who finds a wife, that man will respect you Mm -hmm. if you put those boundaries into play. And it's so against culture and society and what we see on TV and what the world tells us. But it's so true. And we're not here to judge or like shame people who are doing that. I'm I'm speaking from personal experience. Like that was me until I was 27 years old. You know, having one night stands, going to bars, seeking attention, seeking validation from men. And, and it was never working in my favor. So if you're listening to this and you're wanting to attract the man God has for you, you first have to be the wife for the man that God has for you. And what does he deserve? What what kind of wife is he looking for? Is that you? And that's the questions I had to ask myself and really do all that like deep inner work. And it wasn't pretty. Like I definitely was like, whoa, I got some issues. I'm ready to be a gangster for Jesus though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just like you said though, he who finds a wife, the word is very specific, right? And it does not say who he who finds a fiance, he who finds a girlfriend. It says he who finds a wife. Mm-hmm. That means you have to be the wife to attract the husband that God has for you first. It doesn't say like find the, find the guy and then start acting like a wife. That is not what the word says. It says he who finds a wife finds a good thing. It's like, do you want to be that good thing? And you have the opportunity to, to do those things, but you have to be that person first. Are you seeking? Are you reading your Bible every single day? Are you seeking the word? Are you seeking the Holy Spirit? Are you taking care of your body and your health, right? Those are things that, that women that are in thriving marriages do and, and strive for. They're not out, you know, drinking. I know we keep going back to that, but... They're not out drinking. They're not having, you know, unhealthy relationships. Like I said, male and female. Like there could be toxic females in your life, you guys, that are are encouraging you in behaviors that are not behaviors a wife would would do. You mm-hmm. know, um, when I first moved here to Southern California, my husband was still deployed, and I met this other wife. I'll tell a story really quick. I met this other wife, um, and we went we went out to dinner um, in a local area, and she immediately started um, drinking heavily and uh, started talking to other gentlemen. And I immediately was like, whoa, that 
this is not the vibe I'm trying to do. Like, this is not my kind of vibe. Yeah. This is not. This is not what I wanted to do. And I immediately exited that situation. We are. We are not friends. Um, certainly, I love her and I prayed for her. But the point is, you have to be the wife to attract the man that you want, and you have to mm-hmm. surround yourself. And I was already a wife in that moment. And I immediately put the brakes on, like, this is not a healthy environment. This is not what I want for my marriage. This is not what I want for my life. And this is certainly not the kind of people that I think are going to build up my marriage. And so as a wife, I protected my environment. And you have to do that before you're married to attract mm-hmm. that man that you want. Yeah, and it's it's so sad because I hear it so often, like, and I've experienced this personally, but going through friendship breakups once you're married, you know, I had certain friends who once, even once I started getting into a serious relationship and they're still wanting to go out to the bar and go out and do this and that. And I wasn't wanting to go anymore because I found myself in a position where like, I see this turning into a, to marriage and like, I don't want to be out at a bar you know, I, I know what you're going for, which I'm with you. So like, we're going to seek attention from the opposite sex. Like, let's just call it what it is. And we ended up parting ways and it just, it was fine. It, we're, we're friends today actually, but it just, for that season of where I was at, it wasn't an environment I wanted to be in for the sake of my future relationship. But he all that is- a wife. You yes. were acting as a wife. Yes. The word holds true, you guys. It, it really does. So speaking on being a wife, I know like you hold this as such a high honor because it is. What what does that role mean to you? Oh man, it means so much, but I am like my husband's glitter to his life, okay? I make his life spicy and sweet and <laughs> I'm here to help him in every every area that he is is doing, going through good, bad, ugly. I actually was praying a while ago. Um, my husband was going through something, and I just was praying. I was like, you know, God, can you please, like, send him your love? Like, I want him to just feel your love today and everything that he's going through. And God stopped me in that moment, and he said, Ivy, I sent you. Mm. And I remember just being so like, ah, oh, well. But then also so taken back, like, okay, I hear you. I see you. Like, we are the hands and the feet, right? The salt of the earth. And like that matters so much, even in our marriages. And I think people tend to put that aside for some reason. Like your role in your marriage is to love the person the way that God loves them, right? And God will give you the ability to do that if you ask for it. Like one of my favorite ways to pray when I'm praying for my husband is just, God, help me to love him the way that he needs to be loved, the way you designed him to be loved. Like help me to see the things that you see. Help me to speak to him the way that you would want his wife to speak to him. Help me to be the wife that you picked for him and help me to show up as her. And that's one of just my favorite prayers. Um, but being a wife is powerful. You can you can build up a man or you could tear a man down. Like it's very, very, very powerful. And it's a very serious position that I don't mm. think women realize the power that they have. I think that ties into the next like topic I kind of want to talk about, which is respecting our husbands. And you had shared something on your Instagram, uh, maybe it was a couple months ago, and something along the lines of people, wives who speak poorly about their husbands in front of other people and just how that's an absolute no-no. Can you speak on that and kind of what is what is an absolute like red flag? Like as a wife, we are not called to do this in, under any circumstance. Mm-hmm. It kind of goes back to being gangster again. Like <laughs> if you're in a room mm-hmm. of people 
and someone, you know, says something negative about your husband, you better be the one that, that speaks up. And here's the thing is that you are the closest person to your husband. If you speak ill about him, even in a moment, maybe you're fighting or arguing, and even if it's valid, right, that person then loses respect for your husband. And that was because of the things that you said and you spoke. None of us are perfect, and we're not supposed to use those private, intimate moments with our spouses when they are imperfect against them. And if you speak ill about that, you know, even let's say to your mom, let's, let's, I see this a lot, okay? Like even to your mom, let's just say you're, you're having a heated moment and you're frustrated with your husband, and so you call your mom and you're venting, or you call your sister, or you call whoever. Will you eventually make up with your husband? They don't mm-hmm. get that opportunity. They don't get to see those moments. They don't get mm-hmm. to feel that. And so therefore, they're, they carry on this information that you've shared with them that was not healthy, right? And most of the time, it's out of emotion, which let's be real, ladies. We are not always on cue when it comes to our emotions, okay? <laughs> that is so, true. <laughs> yeah, right? So we use this moment, and now that's forever tainted, And so I'm very, very cautious about um, how I speak about my husband. And you guys, words are powerful. You know, even the word says when we speak the word, it activates the Holy Spirit. That's those same things happen when we speak things over our husband, we speak things about our husband and it's powerful. And so the word also says, you know, life through the tongue and it's so powerful when it comes to our marriage, you guys. And so you've got to guard that and like, if any of my girlfriends come to me speaking negatively about their husbands, I shut it down. You know, I'll listen. I'll listen and, and find where the helpful information that I can give them can be, right? But I'm not going to go back and forth and talk about your husband. Um, I'm mm-hmm. not going to listen to you bash your husband. It's not something I'm interested in hearing. It's not positive. It's not healthy. And I don't have advice for that. But I can't help you see that perspective, maybe see what, you know, why you're being crazy, while you're maybe not seeing his perspective, right? Mm-hmm. Guarding your husband's reputation is, I would probably say, the number one thing as a wife that you have to guard. So, so, so wise. And I do kind of want to, just to throw it out there, um, I just feel like God put it on my heart to say, we are speaking about healthy relationships here. If yeah. if someone is physically, verbally abusive in any way, that is something you seek wise counsel for. Of course, yes. Absolutely. Just to and clarify. It, yeah, I definitely think there's there's a time and place for um, healthy community. And this goes back to what we talked about in the beginning is that, you know, he who finds a wife, are you surrounding yourself with healthy, positive relationships? Because how easy it is to go complain to your friend who maybe isn't supportive of your relationship and you're getting advice that isn't healthy for your marriage, right? So it all goes back to he who finds a wife, surround yourself with positive, healthy women who are going to give you that wise counsel, we're going to see that, oh, maybe you're a little bit heated emotionally right now. Maybe you don't mean to say the things that you're saying. I'm going to turn you around, point you in the correct direction and pray over you. Mm-hmm. Right. And like you said, like surrounding yourself with wise counsel, like I have a, a really good friend. Her conflict style is very similar to my husband and her husband's is very similar to me. So oftentimes, especially when we were first married, you know, I sought advice for her on what's the best way to handle this. Like, how would you want? to be responded to with this. And, you know, sometimes she would kind of check me like, "Mm, you're totally in the wrong here. You need to go and apologize. 
And and that's the type of community you want to surround yourself with. Yes. Not friends that are going to be like, oh, screw him. He shouldn't have done that, even though you were yes. in the wrong. Like, that is where, like, it's super toxic for your marriage, for you. Like, you need people, you need friends who are going to check you and put you in your place. Because... Mm-hmm. 100%. It needs to be done sometimes. Get, <laughs> yes. And listen, you guys, the world is set up right now to uh, glamorize these women who are just out of control. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I will, I'll tell you that right now. The world is it, going to tell you everything, everything that you want to hear when you're angry about your husband, the world's going to tell you, oh, you can leave him. It's fine. It's no big deal. Uh, you know, you'll, you're, you're better off without him. Um, you're, you're great. Like you can do things on your own. The mm-hmm. world is set up to, to give into that. And so if you vent to the wrong place, it will feed the wrong thing. Right. And it's just, it's so, it's so toxic what's going on out there, you know? And to be honest, if you do things the way the world's doing them, I mean, look at our divorce rate. Look at things that are going on right now. Like, I don't, I don't want a marriage that's like the world. I don't mm-hmm. want to do things like the world. I don't care if people tell me that I'm old school or too submissive or all the things. Like, I want a healthy, thriving marriage. And you do. So, like, clearly what you're doing is thriving for you, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's so sad. Like, I see this whole, it's like a trending thing on TikTok where wives are, like, making laughing, like, videos where they're, like, checking their husband's phone or they're, like, just all these, like, super invasive, super inappropriate videos where I'm, like, first of all, if you, A, are feeling the need to, like, go through your husband or your boyfriend's phone, you you clearly don't trust them, you shouldn't be together, and B, to be posting it on, a, like, a public platform, like, that's humiliating for the other mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. And there is a huge culture right now to belittle our men. I mean, our mm-hmm. men right now, especially our masculine men, they are so like, if, if oh, I got to be careful how I say this, <laughs> our men right now are, are definitely, I don't want to use the word suppressed, but they're definitely not allowed to, it is not welcomed for them to be manly leaders of the home right now in today's society. It is way more, like I said, set up to cater to the woman that's complaining that is independent woman who can Mm -hmm. do it on her own. And it is certainly not set up to favor our men that are taking care of their homes. And there's so many trends like that. There's another trend that just really hit my heart and God just Oh man, it was, it was really hard for me to watch, but these women that are just pro divorce and I'm seeing a lot of it on Instagram, there's reels talking about how, you know, they live this better, you know, divorced life and they're single now. And it just, it broke my heart. It broke my heart that there's so much of this content going around that people are consuming and it's not healthy. Mm -hmm. It's not healthy. And I have some friends that are, that are divorced and I will tell you it is horrific. It is a nightmare it is nothing that God intended for your marriage. And I can tell you from our own marriage, there's anything you guys can get through. There's anything you guys can work through because mm-hmm. we've likely gone through it. You know, there's anything God will bring mm-hmm. you to the other side with a more beautiful marriage. Amen. I love my masculine husband who believes in providing and protecting. A hundred percent, girl. <laughs> Especially these last two years. I'm like, Ugh. yes, please. <laughs> who doesn't love a man who wants to provide and protect for his family? Like, I know. I know. To me, that's number one. (laughs) I know. I'm all about it. There's a lot of women, too, that complain about being stay-at-home moms. I'm like, girl, I get to nap every single day. (laughs) Sounds like my dream. It's the best. (laughs) Like, I love it. I'm here for it. So you kind of, you know, talked briefly, like said in conversation that you don't care if someone says you're, you're too submissive. 
What, what does submission to your husband mean to you? I think this is also one of those things that's got really, really skewed. Um, but Very to controversial. Me, yeah. Being submissive to me, to my husband, is actually not being submissive to my husband. It's being submissive to God's plan for mm. my life and God's plan for my marriage and God's plan for my husband. So when people say being submissive to their husband, for me, it's it looks completely different. It's not like I'm just going to do whatever he says. No, I trust that God has given me this man to lead our family and our life. And again, we're talking about healthy relationships here, right? And I'm going to do what God says because of that. So that comes to everything, every decision that we have in, in our marriage, pretty much I run by my husband. Can I make my own decision? Absolutely. You guys, the, some of the most submissive women I know are the strongest women I know, mm-hmm. right? Being submissive doesn't necessarily mean that you don't need your husband. I need my husband in so many so many aspects, right? Being submissive means that you're submitting to what God has told your husband, right? You're submitting to his, his leadership, his design for your life. There's been so many instances in our marriage where my husband, closing our business, for example, I didn't want to close our business. I did not want to close our business, but God actually spoke to our husband, month, my husband, months before about closing our business. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, that, why would God do that? Why would God do that? And I was, I remember about six months in, I'm like, okay, like, that's what God told you. Like, we need to do this. And we did. And I just, I can't, I look back so much now and I'm like, gosh, I can't imagine trying to run that business with children, trying to run that business during 2020, trying to run that business. Like my husband was right, you know, and I should have listened to him sooner. You know, those six months that I, I wasn't submissive to him, you guys that let us in another thirty, forty thousand dollars in debt. Crazy. And if I would have just stood by like the, the cool things that I think I missed God doing by me being submissive in that. It makes me sad. I'm like, what would have happened if I would have just listened, you know? But that's one example of just seeing, you know, by me not being obedient and not listening. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Yeah, I think, I think people confuse submission with like, oh, you must submit to your husband. You have to cook. You have to clean. You have to do this. You have to oh, do gosh, that. Yeah. And that is just ridiculous. It's like submission is like you said, it's submitting to their leadership and trusting that God has trusted them as your husband to lead your home. And so even with me and Nico, for example, like he's wanting to really get into like some real estate stuff and some things to better our family. I don't understand it at all. I don't get it. I don't want to get it, but he gets it. And I'm like, I trust you. If that's what you think is best for us, go ahead and do it. Like he, we run everything by each other. We have like it and it's just good communication and it's trusting each other and it's trusting that God trusted you for him and him for you. And, um, Exactly. And it's so like I said, it's, healthy. Yeah, and it's being submissive to God's plan for your life, right? And knowing that, and you guys, listen, I'm not saying just like throw your hands up and sit back and no, this is coming from also a place that is a praying wife. Mm-hmm. You know, if your husband is making decisions, you better be praying for him. You better be praying for your marriage. You better be praying for your future. And so when it comes to being submissive on the decisions that your husband is making, they're prayerful ones. If you're sitting back with your feet up and just like, well, you know, he's just going to make decisions and we're just going to see where they fall. No, that is not what being a submissive wife means at all. Mm -hmm. You definitely have a part in that as well. And Mm -hmm. if you don't believe the power of prayer, you better get on your knees, girl, because God will do some amazing things in your marriage when you're submissive. Like, it's beautiful. So good. Yeah, it's incredible 
once you just follow God's design, right? I know you had it in the notes, but like all of our blessings are on the other side of obedience. Yes. You know, but you got to be obedient first. You got to be the one to pray for your husband and listen and be submissive and watch God do his best work. It, anytime I hear that quote, I get goosebumps because anyone who walks with God closely knows the truth of that, knows that every blessing you've ever had or people around you comes from obedience. I mean, I think of me and Nico. I got a word from God to step down from serving for no reason. And I was like, oh gosh, like, okay, I guess I'll do it. Like, I don't know why. Found out a week after I stepped down, Nico transferred to the church location that I was at. Had I not been obedient, we would have met nine months earlier. And, and, and also a lot of times obedience isn't about you. It's about someone else. Like being obedient is about how it's going to benefit your children or your future finances or the person that you work with or whatever it is. Like all of our blessings are on the other side of obedience. And like if I were to say anything to like a new believer, it's just like be obedient because there's yes. so much reward in it. Yes. Just like what you said, it's not about you. So much of obedience, like we're blessed by it because it blesses other people by our obedience, right? By showing up, by being present, by doing the things that God has for our life. It blesses other people. And that alone is a blessing to watch, to see, to witness, right? It's showing that we are the salt of the earth. We are the hands and feet of Christ. And it's so cool. It's so, there's nothing more magical. Uh, Maybe that's not the right word, but there's nothing more magical to a believer than praying about something and seeing God do work even for things that no one even knows you prayed about, right? Seeing God show up, it's like one of the most beautiful things. It literally makes me emotional. Same. I've wanted to cry like every other minute in this episode so far. (laughs) Um, So share a little on your story about you're a wife before you're a mom and uh, and, and talk about that a little bit because it's such a powerful story. It is. And this one... Um, so my husband and I, for those of you who don't know, he is an Iraq veteran and we really, really struggled for about 10 years. You guys, uh, I'll just, I'll just be honest here. So his unit in particular lost 13 guys to suicide, um, since coming home from Iraq. And I remember going particularly to one of the funerals and just seeing the wife and she had two daughters at the time. And I just remember seeing like, that's not going to be me. That's not going to be me. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to change this. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to help him. Like, that's not going to be me. It's not going to be me. And I just remember feeling so broken and, but also like empowered at the same time, because I was like, I'm a wife and like, there's no goal or there's no thing inside of me that I need more than I need my husband in this moment. And I need him to be healthy and happy and whole. And so if that means no family for me, then that's okay. Like I want him to be happy and thriving. And it was kind of like this moment that I had with the Holy Spirit. Like I was content with not having kids because I just, I just wanted him to be happy and healthy. I wanted him to be here. Right there. Like I said, there was mm-hmm. nothing that mattered to me more than just him being earthside. Right. And I was kind of okay with that. And so for 10 years, you guys, I was a wife. I was a wife first before mom. And I didn't want to bring children into this world without being able to be a wife too. You know, and my role as a wife during that, that season was so much more than, than most women, you know, take on when they first get married. And 
it was making sure he was seeking counsel, making sure we were getting to church, making sure that um, his habits and things that he was working through weren't going to take his life, right? Mm-hmm. And I had to keep that in, in order and in priority before ever becoming a mother. And now in this season of life, it's totally different, of course, the way God planned it, right? And I still have to, you still have to be a wife first. But for me, for a long time, it was, I'm, I'm a wife. That is my identity right now in Christ and, and my, my goal and my, my job here is to be his wife and his helpmate. And everything else doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And that, that was the role that I took on for 10 years before we started a family. Such a, a beautiful, powerful story and just an example of stewarding the role that God gave you to be a wife and also such a good example of trusting God in, in so many different ways, like trusting him that maybe you will be a mom one day, trusting that he's protecting you and your husband in this season, trusting that his plan is better than yours. Like so, I mean, that's such a powerful, like a 10 year example of like just stewarding what God, what God has given you, what's right in front of you, stewarding what's right in front of you right now. And look at God, you have two beautiful, healthy children and it was all in his perfect timing. Yes. And, and oh your gosh, husband yes. is healthy. You're healthy, thriving. like thriving. <laughs> thriving. And that's what happens when you wait on God's timing. What would you say to someone who's maybe in a long season, whether it be waiting to be a mom or waiting to find a husband or waiting for that perfect job or that dream job? What would you say to someone who just feels exhausted of, of waiting? Position yourself in a, a heart of gratitude and thankfulness. Like if you just praise God and all that He does and has done where you are, um, it changes everything. You know, I was never mad at my husband uh, for the things that he was working through. I was never angry at God um, for where we were. I was so grateful, you guys, every single day to wake up and still have my husband or aside. I, w- I felt almost like a superhero sometimes because, you know, like I said, I would watch this friend lose her husband and this friend lose her husband and this friend, and then my husband's friend would would pass away to suicide. And I felt almost like we were just superheroes, like pushing through this weight mm-hmm. of, you know, the world and things that he was working through. And, but my heart was always grateful and thankful. I'm like, I don't care that we're going through this right now. I'm just thankful that he's here. I'm thankful that mm-hmm. we have another day to work towards um, his healing and things that he's going through. And so if you're struggling right now, you know, maybe you're struggling because you want to be a mom. Maybe you're struggling because, you know, you can't find a husband or maybe you're struggling in your own marriage. There is things that God has done that maybe you're not necessarily seeing or focused on and Mm -hmm. focus on those and thank God for those and position your heart and your stance in a position of gratitude and thankfulness and it will change so much. Mm. It's so good and so powerful. Thank you for sharing that. I know it's super, we were both getting emotional. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard not to. It's such a beautiful, a beautiful story and beautiful testament. So something else that you had said to me early on before I was a believer, and it's always stuck with me and I share it all the time. We were on a job and you had asked me, hey, Nicole, what are your top three priorities? It can't, one can't be work. And I was like, oh, I don't know. Like at that time, I didn't have a significant other, like nothing really was going on. Work was like my number one. So I didn't really know what to say. And you were like, well, for example, mine is my faith, my health, and then my husband. 
because if I don't have my faith, I won't have my health and I can't be a good wife. And if I don't have my health, I, I won't be able to be a good wife. And then my husband, like he, I, I'm a wife. And you were like, I don't compromise anything for them. So if I get a job inquiry and it's on day of my Bible study, I don't take it because I don't compromise my top three priorities. And I, I kind of want you to touch on that because I think it's so powerful and it's such a way to set clear boundaries to really set yourself up for success. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember where I, I learned that. It was so long ago, but um, yeah, the top three priority is like my, my faith, my health, in my marriage, if I don't have, if I don't have my faith, what's the point of even being healthy, right? Mm-hmm. Like if God is not able to use me, then what's the point, right? So faith mm-hmm. is always first. Like, girl, you could be eating, you know, kale salads all day long, but if your heart is ugly, mm-hmm. you're not doing anybody any favors, right? You're not, God can't really use you if your heart is closed off to all he has for your life, right? So faith, health, and then my marriage. And like you said, if I don't have those two things in line, then I'm not a great wife, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm, I'm an okay wife, but am I prayerfully praying for my husband? Am I working through things that I need to work through to be a better wife for him? Mm-hmm. And like you said, um, and this happens, you guys, right? I think we struggle as women with decision fatigue, right? There's so much coming at us. Um, do this, do that, take this job, be a stay-at-home mom, be a wife, all the things. But if your top three priorities are always aligned, everything else will fall into place. Mm-hmm. Right. If you are constantly, you know, if you're in your small group, if you're connected with your church, if you are guarding those things, like I don't do anything on Sundays, you guys. My girlfriend put on this beautiful women's business event on Sunday, and I was like, oh, sorry, I didn't see that it was a Sunday. I will not be there. Because it's not just about me, you know. I love if it. I'm, if I'm at church and my heart is in the position it's supposed to be, my family is blessed because of that, and that is mm-hmm. the most important thing. Like. There is nothing out in the world that I need to be doing other than being a good wife and a good mom. And if those mm-hmm. things are aligned, everything else will fall into place the where they're supposed to. I see this happen a lot. People are like, oh, well, you know, I just have this going on for this week and I have that going on. And then all of a sudden it's six, seven months and you haven't seen them at small group, right? Mm-hmm. Because they all, they, they put something else in, and they prioritized it and they didn't even realize it. Mm-hmm. And then they get into the cycle of like being fed by things that God did not, it gave us an appetite for something that we were not supposed to be fed by, right? It gives you an appetite maybe for money, for finances, for success, for, for personal gain, for whatever. But if your heart stays, if your appetite stays for your small group, your health, your family, your church, everything else, like I said, mm-hmm. will fall into place. So picking those top three priorities and sticking to them, I promise you guys, you will feel so fulfilled in your life if you just keep those three things. It's so powerful. And honestly, it's something that I feel like, like you said, kind of a lot of working women struggle with. For me especially, like I have been a workaholic since I was 13 years old and got my first job. Um, and, and, you know, that comes from deep-rooted, you know, stuff where my parents always fought about money. So for me, lack of money means lack of stability in the home. So I'm always fighting to keep working so that that's never an issue in the home, which is just a lie from the pit of hell. Like that's, that's not us that, you know, that's not our marriage. That's not, that's not who we are. Um, and thankfully I have my husband to remind me of that, but it is difficult to be like, Oh, well I have this job. It's a really big paying job. It'll really bless our family. 
how do you go about that? Like that's in my head. I'm like, oh man, this wedding is on a Sunday. This is our, our church conferences this weekend, but this wedding is they're paying top package. That would really bless the family. What's the balance? And the balance is what you're saying. Putting God first, all the blessings will come because yeah. he is our provider. We don't yes. have to rely on an outside source to provide for our family. We put God first. We put our faith first. We put our church first. Everything else will fall into play. Mm-hmm. It goes back to the book of Matthew and how they talk about, you know, what you, who, who do you serve? What do you serve? Do you serve God or do you serve weddings that pay a lot of money, right? And it goes back to that. And I know it's so easy if you focus on the world and what the world says success is, you will take those jobs. You will compromise those things. But if you focus on what God says, you, he will provide. He will bless mm-hmm. you, right? And I've seen it time and time again. I actually, years ago, I had this job offer. Um, it was for this big company. And it was more money than we ever had. My husband and I were in serious debt. And I prayed on it, prayed on it, and prayed on it. And I'm like, this just does not fit. Like, would I be proud of these photos, mm-hmm. you know, in 10 years? So the money, it sounded really good. But I look back a lot and I look at the photos now and the model they did hire. And I'm like, I'm so glad I didn't do that. Mm. But I said no, because my priorities, it did not fit my priorities. I'm like, this is not good for my marriage. I'm going to be gone for a couple weeks, a couple times mm-hmm. a year. This is not good for my my reputation and my faith. So mm-hmm. that's out. And financially, God will provide. And he did, you guys. Now we're completely out of debt. We are making more money than we've ever made in our life. Me saying no in that moment, it made me closer to God. Like trusting him. Again, blessings are on mm-hmm. the other side of obedience. Being obedient to those mm-hmm. priorities in my life. And God blessed me and blessed us after that. It's like that quote you always say, sometimes you have to say no to the good to be able to say yes to the great, even if we can't see what the great is right now. Yes, absolutely. It's so good. So what if, I'm just genuinely curious, like what if, you know, a mom's dream is to be a mom, be a great mom, but also her dream is her career as well. Like, how does someone balance doing both and still being in alignment with what God has? Oh, this is huge. Um, I think, like for me, something that I remember a lot of is if my daughter was a mom, becomes a mom, and she's trying to do all the things, what would I say to her? Mm. And I look back, or sorry, I look forward, I guess, if you will, at this. And I think about it a lot and I would tell her to, to, to do it, you know, Mm -hmm. do what her heart says. And God has equipped us with talents that sometimes will also bless our children, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe God has given you children that God is going to raise up to run a company one day Mm -hmm. and they need to see you as a mom. How do you balance that? They need to see a good, healthy example of you know, putting those boundaries in and still going after that career that God has for your life. Mm -hmm. I think if your priorities are in order as a mom, financially and health and all of those things, then that job is probably something that God has you doing, right? Mm -hmm. If that job is taking away though from your faith and your family and your health, it might not be the job that God has for you. And I think 
again, it goes back to those top three priorities. If those are in order, then it's likely a job that God sent, right? I think Mm -hmm. it's absolutely possible to do both. I think for some women, they are equipped by things that God gave them to do both. And I think that that's Mm -hmm. okay. I think it just comes back to, again, the heart posture. You know, are you doing this job for personal gain? Like you said, you know, Mm -hmm. you came back from, you come from a a history of like being a workaholic. I do too. Those are things that I really have to balance. And so for me in this season of motherhood, there's a lot of things that I let fall to the wayside. So I could say yes to the great, which is my Mm -hmm. children and my family. But in doing so, you guys, because I was obedient and letting those things go that were serving my ego, building my YouTube, for example, letting that go to pour into other things that were blessing our family, Mm -hmm. God has blessed us. I have more time now. I have, you know, more finances than we ever had in our whole life. My husband now was able to leave his job that was toxic because of the things that I clung to that God gave me. So now I do get to do both. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really important that no matter what you're doing, that you seek the Holy Spirit and what He says is good for your life. And God will, He will give you the desires of your heart if they are in line with what He has for you in your life. I think there's women out there that are amazing at both, that are mm-hmm. amazing at both. And they're supposed to do both. They're mm-hmm. supposed to teach those children that they're raising up how to do both. That's just so good. And I think like the important takeaway from that is if the the job is taking away from your top three priorities, then it's probably a good sign it's not the job that God has for you. But if it is from God, then everything will be in alignment and there'll be abundant blessing. Yes, exactly. And you guys, every single time children are mentioned in the Bible, God refers to them as a blessing. They are never, ever once um, referred to as an inconvenience or distraction or burden, right? Never once in the Bible, in the entire Bible, every single story, they're always referred to as a blessing. And so if your career is making you feel that your children are a distraction or your children are a burden or your children are an inconvenience, that likely is not the career for you because that is not the heart of God, right? Mm. If your career allows you to prioritize your children and prioritize your family, um, that's probably the career for you, right? Because that's what God's heart is. Mm. That is so powerful. Wow. I'm like, gosh, sometimes I just want to take notes as I'm like interviewing people because it just speaks to me so much. And I can't wait to come to you when I'm a mom one day for advice. And I can't wait for you. uh, going to be so good. So I did want to dive into motherhood, but we're running out of time. So we might just have to have you back, which I feel like people are going to want anyway. Um, So we'll kind of end with just kind of a couple takeaway questions. So after 14 years of marriage, is it 14 or 15? 14. 14. (laughs) I think. What is the best piece of advice you would give to a newlywed or to a couple dating with the intent to be married? Be the spouse that you would want to have first. Mm. Be the spouse that you would want to have first. If you want someone that is loving and attentive and not staring at their phone and is listening to what you're saying, then be that person first. If you want someone who maybe helps around the house or you know, is curious on the job that you're doing or you know, maybe wants, you want a spouse to pray over you, pray over your spouse. Mm. Be the spouse that you would wish to have first. That's going to hit for so many people. So good. It's an ego check. 
Yes. The ego check. You're like, well, wait a second. Gosh, I love your heart so much, Ivy. Okay. Where can we follow along in your journey? But actually, wait, what's like one book you would recommend to someone? One or two? Ooh, okay. Marriage, for sure, hands down, created to be his helpmate by Debbie Pearl. It is a little bit old school, y'all. It's a little spicy, but it's really good. It's really, really good. And gosh, if you're struggling in your marriage, sit down and read a couple pages from that book and it will it'll transform your heart very quickly. There's another one. It's not a faith-based book, so you got to take okay. it with a grain of salt. Um, but it is by Dr. Laura, How to Feed and Care for Husbands. Is that what mm. Yeah. How we'll to Feed it. and Care for Husbands. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Again, you guys, it's a little bit old school, but new school is not working in our society. So That's right, sister. Mm-hmm. That's good. Well, thank you so much for all your wise, wise, sweetly, gently spoken words. I'm waiting for you to release a podcast because I could just listen to you speak all day. And oh, also yeah. we'll be waiting for you to write some sort of book or devotional because I'll be the first to buy it. I just think your story is so beautiful and your words are so powerful and um, you just speak from the heart to the heart so beautifully. And I was moved to this, this whole um, 40, 49 minutes. But I love you so much and thank you so much for taking the time out of your morning to be here today. Yeah, I love you so much and I'm so glad you're doing this. I know so many women are blessed by your podcast and just look up to you. I know so many women, they look up to you and... I just love what you're doing, friend. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Give your babies a little smooch for me. I will. They're probably outside playing in the dirt. Aw. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, love you. Bye. Bye.